Shalom Rachat, this is Chazar Shir number 15, where Bisiyat Deshmaya will be discussing four main topics. Number one, a few nafkaminas between the Rambam and the Rosh with regards to the Panam Chadashos. Number two, whether you recite Shah Simcha Bimono at other festive occasions. Number three, the custom of reciting Al Naras Bavel and Shir Malos before benching. And number four, we'll briefly discuss uh, the minig of saying Migdal versus Magdil at the end of benching. So, Let's begin. As a review, we saw that there's a machokas between the Rambam and the Rush with regards to the Panam Chadashis. The Rambam learns that every Jew is really obligated to bless the Chassan and Kala when he's partaking in Shevar And if he already heard Shevar so whoever recited those Shevar also recited it on his behalf. But someone who has never heard Shevar and now is attending a Shevar meal, so the chiv of reciting Shevar is because of him. When the other people at the meal are reciting Shevar they're really reciting it on his behalf. They're being motzi him. But really, he's the one who causes the chiv of, uh, of Shevar Brachos to be, to be recited. The Rush learns that now every meal after the chasana, really there's a chiv to recite Shevar which is a special bracha for the chasana and kala. However, that chiv only goes into effect if there are panim chadashos who add an elevated, who, who bring, who add some sort of, uh, of simcha to the, to the event. Usually when Panam Chadashos come in and it's a chashiv of Panam Chadashos who will make more food in their honor. The Arach HaShulchan says you don't need to actually make more food in honors, but it's people who add an elevated uh, level of simcha. And really that chiv is on everyone. It's not a chiv on one individual, but it's really a chiv on everyone. And, and, and that chiv of Shavar Pachos only kicks in if there are Panam Chadashos that are there that add uh, an, an added level of, uh, of simcha. So a few nafkaminas that we discussed and, uh, and we'll, we'll go through a few of them. So number one, what happens if someone attends the chuppah uh, and then leaves? Is he allowed to be Panam Chadashos at a new, at, at Shavar Brachos that are later on in the week? So according to the Rambam, he may not. Why not? Because he was already Yotze his chiv of the Brachos. He, when he heard the Brachos on the chuppah, he was already uh, Yotze. According to the Rashi, he still could be. Why? Because he never partook in the actual simcha about, uh, in the actual simcha itself. And the same thing would be in the flip side. If someone shows up just for the for the dancing of the chasana and for the meal of the chasana, but he leaves before the Shavar Brachos, and he also missed the chuppah where he didn't hear any of the Shavar Brachos, according to the Rosh, he may no longer be considered Panam Chadashos. And according to the Rambam, uh, he may be considered Panam Chadashos because no one was ever motzi him with, uh, with, uh, with the bracha. Uh, another nafkamina, which is very common, and that is if someone, if, if there are no panim, if there are, whoever was at the chuppah is also now at the end of the meal at the wedding. A lot of times at weddings, the people who stay all the way at the end of the meal are the same people who attended the chuppah. The people at the end of the, uh, the, people at the, end of the meal who are there for the shavuot are usually the relatives. Those are the ones that, that are left and all of them were at the chuppah. So according to the Rambam, they all heard shavuot And if they all heard shavuot they can't be considered panim chadashos. But according to the Rosh, it's very nice that they are Shavar early on, but now is the first time when they're actually partaking in the meal that's made l'chava, the chasin and kala, and therefore you won't need to, uh, you won't need uh, actual new panam chadashus who weren't at, uh, at the chapa. Another nafkamina are women and children. Are women and children, could they act as panam chadashus? So according to the Ramam, where panam chadashus is a chiv on every man to bless the chasin and kala, and why is it a chiv on every man? Because it says, berkas chasin be'asara, that you need to have 10 men in order to make the the, the Berkas Chassan. So according to the Rambam, where the Chiv is on a man itself, so women and children who aren't obligated in, in giving a bracha to the Chassan and Kala, and they can't partake in, in the minion of uh, a Berkas Chassanim, so therefore they can't be considered Panam Chadashos. But according to the Rosh, the, the whole din of Panam Chadashos is that there's an added level of Simchovir. So if it's an Isha Chashuba, or if it's a child who's also a Chashuba person, Lachora, they would be able uh, to be considered Panam Chadashos in the Chassam Sofer of the Yashiv, they pass in Allah Lamaisa, that since the Shulchan Aruch passing is like the Rosh, so therefore if you have a Chashuba woman, you have a Chashuba child who's like an Eloi or whatever it is, he, he could be considered uh, Panam Chadashos. Could Shabbos be considered Panam Chadashos? So according to the Rambam, it cannot, because there's no Chiv for Shabbos to say Shabbos. Uh, you actually need Panam Chadashos. But according to, to the Rosh, 
uh, and which is how the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, Shabbos itself could be considered Panam Chadashas. Why? Because there's already an added uh, Simcha, an added, we, we add more, you know, dishes to the meal, and there's an added Simcha, and therefore you can recite uh, Panam Chadashas. But the Shulchan Aruch says that we can only recite uh, Shabbat Brachos at the first, at the, at the night meal and at the day meal, because those are usually meals that you actually add uh, extra dishes, but on Shalosh Shabbos, where you don't. So then the Allah is that you would not, that you would need to, um, you need to actually have Panam Chadashos. That's what's mashed from the Shulchan Aruch. The Ramah says that today the custom is that we do not say that we do not need Panam Chadashos, either because we usually Shal Shudas is open to, to everyone and, and people do show up, or the Ramah says that when the Chassan speaks at Shal Shudas, so there's an added elevated level of Simcha, uh, and therefore you would be able to say Shavar uh, Bachos. And because that the Shabbos in conjunction with the Chassan speaking, that's already enough of, it's considered Param Chadash, that it's an, evo, it's an added level of uh, Asimcha. So those were a few basic Nafkaminas uh, between the Rambam and the Rosh with regards to uh, Param Chadash. The, the thing that we still need to define right now is how to exactly, how do we define Param Chadash? Meaning, Talach is like the Rosh, that someone who walks in is considered Panam Chadash if he adds Simcha to the event. So could a waiter be Panam Chadash? Could someone, you know, be brought off the street? Oh, now that he's here, everyone's happy, yay. Uh, so now maybe he, can, he could be considered as Panam Chadash. So Shlomo Zaman, according to Chazunish, uh, says that you cannot take a waiter and you cannot take someone off the street because that's not an added level of Simcha. He's not bringing extra Simcha that's there. And the, Chazun, and the Shlomo Zaman relates a story from the Chazunish that when they had, there was, they were short Panam Chadashos, they were short a minion and a guy walked in to, to Shavar Brachos and he didn't accept him as Panam Chadashos until a Chash of an individual came in. The Nitik Ariel says, he says, why is it that today people do grab people off the street and they do say Shavar Brachos? So you wanted to be Malam Mitzchos and he said, that, that even though we pass them like the Rosh, but since every meal, he said back in the day, right, he says back in the day, the Chassan and Kala went to their house and all the Shavar Brachos meals were there. So how do you determine whether this meal is now made for the sake of the, of the Chassan and for the sake of the Shavar Brachos? If there was a new guest there, if there was a Panam Chadash that was there, he says, but today, every single meal is made special for the Chassan and Kala. Even if you're hosting it in, in your house, in a restaurant, wherever it is, it's made for the chasen and kala. So since there's already added manos, there's added dishes, and it's an added you know vibe that's made specifically for the chasen and kala, that in itself, in conjunction with someone off the street, that could be considered uh, panim chadasha. So that was the, the sugya of the machlokas between the rush and the, rush and the rambam. And the rush is also the opinion of Tosos uh, over there. And, uh, and those were the, the few nafkaminas. But Lamaisa, we pass in like the, the Shulchan Aruch. Uh, we, the Shulchan Aruch pass in like the, like the rush, that the din of Panam Chadashus is a din in an added level of Simcha. The next thing we discussed is whether there are other events or other times where you could say and recite Shah Simcha Bimono when it comes to, to the Zeman. So the Gemara Ksuba says that when it comes to bris, we do not recite Shah uh, Simcha Bimono. And the reason why we do not recite Shah Simcha Bimono is because the baby is actually in, uh, in pain. The baby is pain at, at a bris milah, and therefore at a bris milah, we do not recite Shah Simcha Bimono. The Ritva says, oh, maybe then at, uh, at a Pidyon Aben, you should recite uh, Shah Simcha Bimono because the baby's not in pain. Uh, and in that, Lemaisa, the, the Ritzvah concludes, Allah Lemaisa, that you do not recite it. Why? Because only if there's like a special limud from the Psukim or the Gemara explains that there's a special reason to say it, that's when you would say it. So by a wedding, the Gemara says you say it. By a bris, there's a Havamina to say it because it says in the Pasuk, Sasa no Alim Rosacha. But by a regular uh, Pidyon Aben, where it doesn't say, the custom is not to say in the Natsa the Ramah Paskins, and the Natsa the Yosef Paskins, that we do not say Shah Bimono when it comes to a Pidyon Aben. The question that does arise is what do you say if there's a Pidyon, if there's a, a bris 
and a chassan and kala show up. So let's say uh, a chassan and kala got married, and they have a friend that Mazel Tov just had, uh, had a baby boy, and in the middle of their Shavu Brachos, they're showing up to the, to the breast of their, of their good friend. So do they, do you recite Shasim Chabimono or not? So the Meiri brings uh, two shitas. He says, to recite Shasim Chabimono for a chassan and kala, there had to be some sort of dish that was made in the honor of the, of the chassan and kala. Not every time that a chassan and kala show up to a meal, suddenly it's Shasim Chabimono. It has to be made specifically for them. So over here, where the breast was made for the Racha Nimo, for the, for the baby. So they're not going to recite, there's no, you do not recite Shea uh, Simcha Bimona. That's one, uh, one, one Mahalach. The other Mahalach that the Mi'iri writes is that no, he says, since by a bris, there was a Havamina to say that you should say Shea Simcha Bimona. But then we rejected it, the Gemara rejected it because the baby's in pain. But now that the Chassan and Kala come in, so they weigh the scale, and now you should again recite Shea Simcha Bimona. Lemaiser, Shulmazdalm, and Paskins, he says, if at the bris, they're for sure, they're, they're going to add a dish in honor of the Chassan and Kala, so then both shitas in the, in the Me'iri would agree that you would have to recite Shasim uh, Bimono. So if, let's say, at, the, at this bris, they make a special cake or a special thing for the Chassan and Kala, so then Taka, you would recite Shasim Bimono. The Yalkut Yosef seems to say that even if you don't add a, a special dish, like the second Lashon in, uh, in the Shulchan Arach, in uh, like the second lesson in the Meiri, that that you would uh, you would say Shasim Chabimono when a Chassan and Kala show up to a uh, bris. What about with regards to Siem? So the Marshal in Yam Shlomo was medayik from the Gemara and Shabbos that said that Abai said, "Oh, I should be rewarded for making uh, for making a Siem for my for for my Talmidim." And that's how the Ramah paskins that it's a Sudas Mitzvah. So the Marshal says maybe Lachori should say Shasim Chabimono, and he said that I paskin. So, for a specific siyim. And then, unfortunately, that siyim got canceled and it was, uh, it was a disaster. And I learned from there that I shouldn't go against what my, uh, what my rabbim say. And therefore, the custom is that by siyim, we do not recite uh, Shasim Pribimono. The Aruch HaSholim gives another reason, and he gives a beautiful reason. He says, you do not need to recite Shasim Pribimono by a siyim, right? And he explains as follows. He says, why do you recite Shasim Pribimono by a chasana? He says, by a chasana, every chasana hidden underneath is a little bit of sadness. Why a little bit of sadness? Because the reason why human beings need to procreate is because Human beings, they're not going to be walking on earth forever, right? A person has, uh, has a certain lifespan uh, that he's here. And therefore, in order to continue himself, how do you continue yourself? You need to uh, procreate, right? So in every chasana, there's a little bit of not simcha. There's a little bit of a downer acknowledging the fact that a person is not able to live forever. So, but where is there a simcha? Where is there a real full-fledged simcha? Shas simcha b'mono. Simcha b'mono in, in Shemaim, that's where there really is a full-fledged simcha. However, when it comes to, to Limina Torah, the, the Mishnah Nova says, Yafeshaachas be'tshuva u'maisim te'vim mikol chayi that sitting here and, and, and learning and uh, connecting to Kaddish Baruch and Olam is even greater than all, the, all of Olam Haza. So you, you, you don't need to say Shas simcha b'mono. Because the simcha is here, the simcha is in, uh, in Alamaz, and therefore, by Asim, says Archishokhan, you do not need to say, Shah Simcha uh, Bim Ono. So, the, the next topic we discussed is whether you recite Shira Malas and Al Naras Bavl, where does it come from? So, the Zohar says that if a person is sitting and enjoying a meal and he stops his meal in the middle, and he, uh, he stops his meal in the middle, uh, and he thinks about the Chorban Abai, so it says, if he built the, the base of Megdash himself. And the Shla says, therefore, the custom is to say Al Naras Bavl, uh, from, from there, the Mishabura brings us Allah Lamaisna that there's a, a custom to say Al Naras Bavl on days that we say Tachanon, and Shira Malas, which also talks about the Beshuv Hashem, Beshuv Atzion, Enukachomim, which also talks about the, the Geula, uh, that, that we say on days that you do not recite, uh, you do not recite uh, Tachanon. I heard a beautiful idea from Barry Leibowitz. He quotes the Rav Yashaber. Rav Yashaber says that in, in, in the Gemara, we find that there's two Zechel Amigdash. There's two times 
when we do something that's Zeichel and Mikdash. One is the Gemara in Baba Basu that says that we do things to remember the Chorban. Uh, so for example, in a person's house, he needs to leave an Amma, an Amma that's not fully finished. Uh, you put Afer on the, you put Ash on the, on the head of, the, of a Chassan. Those are things to remember the destruction. But then there's things to remember when it was built. For example, Lulav Nital Kol Shiva, that, uh, that a person, we shake the Lulav all seven days of Sukkot to remember that in the base of Migdash, Taka, the Lulav was, was shaken all seven days. And that's to remember the, the, and that's why each Gemara learns it from a different, from a different Pasuk. One is a Zecher L'Chorban, and one is a Zecher L'Amikdash when, uh, when it was up. So, so explain right Rai he says that's over here also, when you say al is Babel, that's a Zecher L'Chorban. That's days where you do say Tachanan, days where you don't say Tachanan. So then we say Shiram that's more Zecher L'Amikdash of what it was, and Bezat Hashem, what it will be, Bimheir Rebbeinu. So the first reason of why we say al is Babel and why we say Shiram Alos is to remember uh, is to remember the Chorban, right? either the actual Chorban, to remember the the. the the base of Megdash Bevinyana, uh, like this, uh, like this chalak. But the Archa Sholem gives another reason. He says the other reason why you would recite Al Naris Babel is to guarantee that a person says Divrei uh, Torah at the table because the Mishnah and Avu says that uh, that if you if you eat without saying Divrei Torah, it's like you ate from uh, Zivchem Eitzim. So to guarantee that people say Divrei Torah, therefore you say uh, Al Naris Babel and Shemalas. Though he adds, he says that if someone is a learned person, you really talk, should be saying uh, Divrei Torah itself. So the Maisa, there's two main reasons why you would say Al Naris Babel and Shemalas. Number one is to remember the Chorban, to be Mekayim the Zohar. And number two is in order to be able to, uh, in order to be Mekayim, Lima the Torah, at the meal, uh, at the meal itself. And therefore, in Nevenzal, Shlita, he says that you do not need to say, uh, people have the custom not to say al Naras Bavel. And why is that? Because L'chorah, most people say Advar Torah at the Shabbos, at, at the meal, right? Or any meal that it is. Uh, but, uh, and, and with regards to remembering Yushalayim, that we say in benching itself, when we say Uvini Yushalayim, when we say Rachimna. So both reasons, if you're a person who shares Divrei Torah at the Shabbos meal, or at the regular meal, you would not need to say either, you would not need to say Al Nars Babel or Shir Amalos because, uh, because, um, because you're Mekayim both, you say Divrei Torah, and you remember Yerushalayim through the, through the benching itself. The Maisa, we do not find a good reason why people do say Shir Amalos uh, on Shabbos specifically, and they don't say Al Nars Babel. Right? Because if, if you hold like the Svara of, of Rav Nevin's house, then the you won't need to say Shir Amalos during, uh, during benching, uh, during, on, Shabbos, uh, on Shabbos either, because you said Divrei Torah, and also you're going to be remembering your Shlem. Uh, what, what about Al Nars Babel? So here also, again, we saw Rav Shlomo Zalman was mocked to say uh, Al Nars Babel only at the Sudam of Sekis of, of Tishba. Rav Kanievsky also quoted his father, uh, the stipler, who said that, uh, that we say that, that his father uh, used to say Mizmor David. He felt that the main reason why we say Al Nars Babel is like the Arch Shulchan because of Limit Torah, and therefore he was Yotze with a, with a different uh, Mizmor. The Maestro, the Be'er Moshe, he writes uh, very fire and brimstone, that he says that he used to say it, and people laughed at him, and then he stopped saying it, uh, and he says it was a big mistake, and now when he started re-saying it again, he, he felt like a, a holy sorrows in his heart and, and a connection to, to Eretz Yisrael, uh, and, um, and therefore he encouraged uh, definitely to say al Nars Babel. So Lamaisa, there are two reasons to say al Nars Babel, either Zechel Chorban, or to have Limit Torah in your, uh, in your meal. Rav Nevenzal says, if you're already saying Divrei Torah, Lechorah, so, there, so therefore, you don't need the reason of Limanat Torah. And, and, um, and because of the Chorban, that you say to remember the Chorban, that you remember when you're saying, uh, when you're benching itself. And Lemais, it seems the custom of Shlom Zalman, Rechamim Knevsky, they did not say Al Naris Babel, uh, unless it was, you know, Erev Tishbev or whatever it is. And, and uh, the Be'er Moshe, Hitaka was very much for it. And he said the person can really rekindle this connection within his soul to, to Eretz Yisrael by saying uh, Al Naris Babel. The last thing we discussed 
is Migdol versus Magdol, whether we say uh, Migdol or Magdol. So if you look at your benches at the end of uh, benching, uh, it says, you know, to say Migdol either on Shabbos or on Rosh Chodesh or any day that you say Musaf, uh, but to say Magdol when uh, on days that, uh, on, on regular days, on, on weekdays. So what's the, so Migdol and Magdol are actually two different Pesachim. One's a Pasuk in Shmuel base, which is pronounced Migdol, and Tehillim, and, and Magdol is, is in uh isn't tell him. So Migdal, what does the word Migdal mean? Migdal means Hashem is the tower of the salvation for his king. Migdal, Yeshua Smalko. Right? Hashem is the tower of salvation. And and um and Magdil means that Hashem magnifies the salvation and victory for, for his king, for, for David Amel. So why would you say one? Uh, without the without the other, so probably the most popular explanation is that it's a tow sofer, and this is from Rebarach Epstein. He says that it said it said uh, really you should say magdil. He says, but there was a person who was handwriting it before the printing press, before the printing press, and he wrote uh, Beishin Beis Migdol, right? And what he was trying to reference, what he was trying to just say, was he was giving an announcement to, to himself or to whoever was using his uh, his mentor that you should know that there's that same pasuk exists also in Shmuel Beis. And has a different girsa. So Beishin Beis really means Bishmuel Beis, it's Migdal. He says, but that taka is, uh, is uh, but what happened? Someone saw Beishin Beis and he thought it means Bishabis. So he added a tough and then it turned out uh, Bishabis Migdal and then it made it to the printing press. And in the printing press he said Bishabis and then they added Yantiv and then they added Cholamod and they added any day that made Musaf. Uh, and that's why, uh, and that's how the whole thing uh, came out. The Maestro of David Kohn disproves this because he says as follows. He says, the, 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 the separation of Shmuel into two Sfarim, Shmuel Beis and Shmuel Aleph, happened only much later on in history. It happened by, by, the, by the Christians in 1455. And when the Jews printed the, 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 when the, Jews printed the, the Tanakh, the printing press didn't allow them to print it in any other way without separating Shmuel Aleph and Shmuel Beis. So the Maisa, the, the separation of Shmuel Alf and Shmuel Beis only really happened in, in the 1400s. But we find that already 100 years before that, in the 1300s, the Abu Dram already discusses the, the, the differentiation between, uh, between Migdol and Magdol. Right? He says that on Shabbos we say Migdol, and we don't say Magdol. Now, it couldn't be that the, that the Abu Dram saw it in a Sefer that said Beish and Beis, or someone before him saw it in a Sefer that said Beish and Beis, and he mixed it up and he turned it into Bishabis. Why? Because there was no Shmuel Beis then. There was no, it wasn't separated. It was all, it was all one safer. And therefore, uh, and therefore it says with David Cohen, he says it can't be this, this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, Baruch or Baruch Epstein is, uh, is wrong. It can't be, uh, it can't be that it was, a uh, a mistake in the, in the editor. And therefore, uh, and therefore Taka, now we need to find what's the reason why we say Migdol and Shabbos and Magdol during the week. And that is the Shem we'll discuss in the future.